Hey everyone, happy holidays! There's about a minute to go on the timer for these mini peppermint cookies that I'm making for Robin Ray, and let me tell you, light bulb baked toll house never looked so tasty. And these are particularly special because I happen to be using a family heirloom that has been passed down for generations in the Cut Cut household. A genuine, original, easy bake oven. The toy that brought the joy of baking to households across America. Oh, there we go. I'm gonna go grab those, uh, see how they turned out, and let the episode get started. We talk about the Easy Bake Oven this week on This Was a Thing. Oh my god, my finger! Oh my god! Oh shit! God damn it! What the f? Who did. Who designed this? Oh my god! Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Ray. And I'm Daniel. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the retro podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. It is the holiday season. And that's usually a time of year when baked goods and all sorts of other delicious, delicious treats abound. Mm. And I know I've personally got lots of memories of making cookies and all sorts of other goodies with my parents, my grandmother. During this kind of year, we make these things called like Hello Dollies. They're like seven layer bars with like butterscotch and coconut and chocolate chips and graham crackers. And tastes like Carol Channing. Exactly, right? Rob, Red, any of you guys have some holiday memories of baking or of making something tasty, something good to eat? I love a Salisbury steak from Marie Callender's TV dinners. Mm. Uh, that, that to me, that's, and actually that's a holiday that I can celebrate every day. So I'm going to Punt that question over to Ray. Peanut brittle. Ooh. Oh. I never made anything, though. I don't think I was really allowed in the kitchen. So, but I like peanut brittle. Yeah. I mean, I got. I got. I can only chew it with one side of my mouth because I have a thing. I have a. I have a broken tooth. Uh, was that because of the peanut? How'd brittle? you break the tooth in the first? Yeah. I don't actually know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I chewed rocks for a while. Oh, interesting. I like. I mean, uh, uh. Cookies? I like cookies. With rocks? Yeah. What about a fruitcake? Uh, I've never had fruitcake, but my grandma makes fruitcake cookies every year, and I still have never tried them. But <laughs> or yeah, I have tried them, Mima. I love you. Uh, but my mom loves them, and every year she like my and my mom would never have like fruitcake, but these fruitcake cookies are like that's the, her jam. Yeah. Mm. But no, Mima, I love them. So so no, we did we we did not bake over here, but it sounds like Ray's family was was quite productive in that area. Like my mom started baking when I was like in my twenties. So I don't think I really had anything as a kid. Okay. That's funny. You started baking in your 20s. <laughs> no, I was like 18. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. But like as a as like for a medical thing, yeah, 20s. Yeah, okay, it was a medical thing. Sadly, this is not episode 420 or else oh. I'm sure we would have all sorts of tie-ins. But the topic of today's episode is the wonderful nostalgic piece of toy technology the Easy Bake Oven. Mm. Did either of you own, have, operate, see, 
taste the wares of an easy bake oven before? This might come as a surprise to you, Dan. Uh, I'm a guy. <laughs> so uh, 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 that G.I. Joe, uh, Transformers. And cock. And cock. Daniel, did you have an Easy Bake Oven? I've never had an Easy Bake Oven. And the reason that I wanted to do this episode is because I knew about it as a cultural touchstone. I knew about it as a thing. And I was like, that's something that I should maybe know about instead of just hearing people talk about. Let me tell you, these Easy Bake Ovens, people think they might have just been some cookies and some baked goods, but there was a whole lot going on here. You could make bubble gum. You could make potato chips. What? So let's dig into this delicious episode. Before I get going, I want to give a couple of shout outs and thank yous to some articles, some sources, even some books that I was looking at to do some research in this vein. Damn. Holy shit. Went to the library. First one, great article called How Easy Bake Ovens Work, written by a guy named Nathan Chandler on HowStuffWorks.com. There was a wonderful Stuff You Should Know podcast episode from back in November 2018. There was a great article by Lisa Hicks in the Collector's Weekly website that went through a whole slew of topics, even quoting a guy who did a big old research deep dive named Todd Coupe. And then finally, a book called Easy Bake Oven Gourmet by a man named David Hoffman, which is a collection not only of some history, but of recipes from decorated chefs and bakers using the Easy Bake Oven. I, lo- I love a decorated chef. They're always great. Just always great. I am a sous chef at Denny's, but I am wearing tinsel today. Therefore, I am a decorated chef. All right, let's rewind to 1947. Wow. So World War II ended a couple of years ago. And while many countries, they're reckoning with all the rebuilding needed after the truly awful tragedies of the war, there are also some optimistic entrepreneurs who are looking for some opportunities to make their mark in the post-war economy. Enter the Steiner brothers, the three Steiner brothers, Albert, Philip, and Joseph. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, they also were a barbershop trio. It was great. Now, these three brothers... In 1947, they founded Kenner Products. Kenner? Kenner, yes, Ray. Maybe that name sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, baby. 1977, they took over the game. They were wanting to inject some fun and unique invention to the world of toys. And so they came on the scene in 1947 with their very first invention, the Bubblematic Gun, which was a unique toy that would shoot bubbles. Out of a uh, pistol-looking implement. And nine millimeter rounds. <laughs> it was, yeah, you had to load it. Yeah. Depending on which side you loaded it from. It was a switch. You could do bubbles or nine millimeter rounds. You know, they weren't live rounds, but still. Exactly. You shoot the bubbles. Now, Kenner was especially interesting because of not just the products they got out there, but the way they approached their invention and the kind of work environment they set up. So here is a quote from Mr. Todd Coupe, the author of Light Bulb Baking, A History of the Easy Bake oven. Kenner Products was a unique workplace and ideal incubator of new toy ideas. Two aspects of its corporate culture in particular contributed to this. First, the company's leaders were receptive to new ideas and had no interest in copying or trying to one-up toys already in the market. And second, the company focused its innovations. Specifically, Kenner sought to produce small, realistic working versions of things that kids saw their parents use such as 
an oven. Mm. Quick sidebar. Did either of you guys play with like toy phones or toy tools or things like that growing up? Oh, yeah. So I got into architecture. That is really honestly something that I think a lot of kids are drawn to is like the things that make them seem like adults, right? If it's like, I remember I had like a blue toy plastic phone that I would like be taking calls on, right? Because my dad was a doctor. So he was like on call answering call. And like, I would be like, I will answer calls as well. Um, so I think that is something that Kenner made them pretty unique is that they wanted to be in that world of making toys for kids that let them sort of be the adult. Yeah. Let's meet some of the main characters in the story of the Easy Bake Oven. First up, a gentleman named Ronald Howes. There's a great book by the author Jessica Russick. This like short little like fun and like little colored picture book all about Ronald Howes. But he was incredibly important in the development of the Easy Bake Oven. He was a key inventor who worked for Kenner. He grew up in Ohio and he attended the University of Cincinnati for engineering and joined Kenner as an inventor after graduating. Next up, Norman Shapiro. Now, he was a salesman in New York City. He gave presentations of Kenner toys to the industry and one day, Norm was, you know, walking the streets of New York, as you do, smelling the gorgeous scents of the city, you know, the the trash, the rats. The hot dogs. Oh, yeah. It was great. Hot dog water. And then he entered the subway, and ooh, what is that smell? You know what that smell was? A vagrant. Vagrants. No, it was pretzels. Mm. Norm smelled some pretzels, and he saw a pretzel vendor in New York City at his pretzel cart, and in those days... The way that those pretzel carts worked is they would have this container where the pretzels would be hanging and keeping those pretzels warm were some light bulbs at the top. And Norm, Norman Shapiro, he saw that and he said, well, if those light bulbs can keep pretzels warm, what else could we do with that? And he had an idea. So he brought his idea back to Kenner. He worked with Ronald Howes, and he was also helped by uh, a man named James Kuhn. His name is actually on the original patent for what uh, Norm's idea would develop into. Now, before we get to what their idea eventually developed into, here's a little context. Child ovens, as in like ovens that children would use, actually wasn't a new idea. They had been around for decades at this point. There was a problem, though. These early child ovens, they were not toys. They were just Small versions of ovens. Here's a little quote from the Collector's Weekly article by Lisa Hicks. Child-sized ovens from the late 1800s, which could have been toys or store displays, were made of steel or cast iron and used wood pellets or solid fuel for heat. And, uh, you know, other companies had already dipped their toes into the world of kid ovens. Lionel, which you guys may know as the train company, yes. very, very well known for releasing trains and model train sets. They had released one in the 1930s that was an electric toy oven. And in the 1950s, there were these little fiberglass insulated ovens that were called things like the Little Lady or the Little Chef or Susie Homemaker, which were coveted by the kids were playing house, as Lisa Hicks told us. And they were covered in asbestos as well. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. When I say insulated ovens, I'm sure the materials that were used in all these were exactly up to the grade of build quality that you could expect from that time. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Kenner had not yet made their mark in this space, so it was time for them to enter the rat race of child ovens. And on November 4th, 1963, they did just that. So this is 60 years ago. Oh, it sure was, Ray. It sure is the 60th anniversary of the Easy Bake Oven. So right around the 1963 holiday season, Kenner releases the Easy Bake 
oven. It was $15.95 upon its launch. And I will say, I went to the inflation calculator. Would either of you like to guess what the cost would be in today's dollars when adjusted for inflation? $72. Okay. 212 Happy medium between you two. As of a few days ago, the number was $160.37. What and the f- 37 cents. So wait, who comes closer? Me or Ray? Who came closer? I would probably say it's you if you said 200 and something dollars. Oh, Ray, congrats. You get to suck my dick. No, I got to tell you though, Rob, you might even be closer because with your lovely Easy Bake Oven, you would get a couple of materials, right? You would get a, a few pans. One thing it did not come with, however, was light bulbs. Sorry. So no light bulbs included in this set. That's ridiculous. What? It's like batteries not included. You know, it's that kind of thing. Oh, fuck me. Okay. But it did come in two gorgeous colors. It came in turquoise and pale yellow. Oh. And their original ad had a great song. Easy bake, easy bake, fast as you can. Mix them up, mix them up, pour them in the pan. Slide them in, slide them in, let them bake now. Slide them in, slide them out, easy bake. Wow! Only Kenner's Easy Bake Oven Set makes such delicious cakes, cookies, candy, brownies, pizza, pies, and biscuits. It bakes like magic with two ordinary light bulbs and has a special cooling chamber. Easy Bake by Kenner. That's a $7,000 feast on that table. So what happens So what happens in the commercial? Well, the little girl should bake something. Well, who eats it? What about her fat brother? <laughs> I mean, like a really, really fat, fat brother. The boy does play a very specific role in that commercial, and that role is not helping his sister cook those uh, those delicious looking cakes. Does it does he does he get to eat eat anything? No. She slaps his fat, fat hand because he's a fat brother. Okay? Now tell casting I'm looking for like a Victor Buono, but like in diapers. So that advertisement was running on all sorts of kids' shows, but here's the thing. Kenner was actually really smart about its advertisement rollout because it not only would run advertisements on kids' shows and cartoons and things, it also would put the ads out on adult-focused shows, and it would have advertisements that had both children and parents in it so that that way parents could see it as being something that they could spend time with their kids and have a fun bonding experience. Now, all those child-parent ads was, of course, with a mother and a daughter because, as you guys probably got the sense of in that first ad, this was being marketed very, very specifically to girls. There was even a character created called the Kenner Goonie Bird. You might have seen it in that first ad that I showed you guys. Now, what's pretty cool is that Jim Henson created a puppet, a Muppet-like version of the Kenner Goonie Bird, and that ran in some advertisements. So here, you can take a little look at how Jim Henson contributed to the world of the Easy Bake Oven. I love my Easy Bake Oven. Do you know how to work it and all? Of course. You just put the Easy Bake Mix in here, and when it's done, it comes out here like this, easy as pie. And when the pie was open, the bird began to sing. My Easy Bake Oven comes with enough mixes to make all these things. And now I can get extra mixes to make cookies. It's Kenner. It's fun. Did she just say cookies? Did that girl speak English? Is that ABBA? Like, did she learn phonetically how to say these words? And then I'm going to make a cookies for the Easy Bake Oven. Wait, that girl looks familiar, though. Is she from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Right. That's a, that. To- okay, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, that's that's uh, Violet. That's Violet. That's totally Violet. Absolutely, that's maybe, Violet. Maybe, yeah. I actually didn't look up the actress's name, but that might have been. Well, it's one of those things where she, uh, the dad goes, Violet! 
You're eating cookies. Right. That's where she got it from. That's definitely her. There is nothing more American than going into my Uzbek oven, a mac and peach cake, and having cookies. <laughs> I love this country. Now, after we've watched these ads, you might still be asking yourself, but Daniel, how does the oven work? But Daniel, how does the oven work? Oh, thank you for that question, Rob. I'm going to talk you through it, and then I'm going to show you, actually, some original diagrams from the patent description for the Easy Bake Oven. Essentially, here's how the Easy Bake worked, the 1963 original. You had two incandescent light bulbs, one on the top, one on the bottom. And really what it was is this sort of conveyor belt style operation. There were slots on one side of the oven and one slot on the other side of the oven. And those light bulbs were in the middle in the area that sort of looked like a mini oven. So you would mix up all your stuff, right? Whether that's a pre-made mix, which Kenner loved to sell. That was a big, big part of how it made money on this was all their pre-made mixes. You would put that into the pan. You'd let the oven heat up. And then you would push the pan into the heating chamber, which was obviously the area where those two light bulbs, one on top, one on the bottom. You'd wait for about 10 minutes or whatever the required waiting time was. Then you would keep pushing the pan, probably using one of the other pans as the pushing mechanism into what they called the cooling chamber, which was essentially just the area next to the heating chamber that had no heating elements, as in no light bulbs, to let the pan get a little bit colder. And then you would push it out, and there you go. Voila, you would have your easy bake cake or cookies or whatever it was. Hold, hold on, hold on, go back. I, I only got the first pan part. I'm, I'm only, okay, so I take this other pan and I push it through? Yeah. Oh, boy. God, my fingers are burning. I was going to say, don't your fingers hurt? That's the problem. If your fingers are burning, that might point to one of the problems that uh, Easy Bake's going to run into later on. But here's a couple of quotes from the original patent application. This invention relates to toys, and it is directed particularly to a toy oven in which a child may bake many varieties of foods, quote, just like mothers, quote, but on a much reduced scale. So this was in the original patent application that they could bake foods just like mothers. So there's this emphasis right from the start on gender roles and associating that cooking with the mother rather than just a general home practice. Here's a little bit more. So, quote, the primary objective of the invention has been to provide a miniature but fully operative oven that is as safe as possible for a child to operate. Towards this end, the oven is heated by ordinary light bulbs. The temperature generated by these bulbs is found to be adequate for baking purposes. Now, actually, this is interesting. Kenner Products originally wanted to sell this as the Safety Bake Oven. That was their original name for it. But they couldn't get regulators to approve that name because there was no proof that this was a Safety Bake Oven. They had not even released the product. So they eventually had to settle on Easy Bake as the name because safety was not something they could actually have a claim for. And to be very clear, the light bulbs were still getting that oven up to at least 350 degrees to bake these oh things. So it was still incredibly hot inside of that little uh, tiny mini oven that looked so cute and safe. That was the original Easy Bake Oven, this small miniature version that even though the light bulbs seemed like they should be safer, they weren't really because they were still heating up this very small but very efficient heating system to a temperature that would effectively bake all these little tiny little pans. And from there... Things took off in the very first year. Remember, this came out in November. In the first year, they sold out completely of all the stock they made. They, they sold more than 500000 which is what they had made for the year. And that's over like $150 nowadays. It was incredible. That's crazy. The next year, they made $1.5 Those were flying off the shelves. So this was great for Kenner. 
Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! I sound just like the Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't, okay, cool. Uh, I can do Hanukkah Harry. Wanna hear Hanukkah Harry? What? You need to eat all those latkes? Whoa, that was just like Hanukkah right? Harry. That was really good. Yeah, it's December, and it's the holiday season now is officially upon us. Thank God. Uh, what would you want for Hanukkah, Rob? Well, Ray, I want more folks to contribute to our Patreon. What do you want for Christmas, buddy? Oh, boy, the exact same thing. Wow, maybe someone out there will get us that gift. How would they even do that, Ray? Oh, boy, well, our generous holiday elves should head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T. R-E-O-N dot com and search for This Was A Thing, the podcast and set a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us, but five dollars a month gets you so much more extra stuff. Your contributions help us to continue doing what we're doing. And also, then you get annually at least 26 more episodes than the general public gets, so I don't want to be a... A Grinch or anything, but... And for Hanukkah, feel free to contribute eight times a month. Okay, now you're pushing it. Okay, you're right. Hey, everyone, have safe, healthy, and happy holidays, and head over to Patreon.com and leave a nice little gift for your two nostalgia-loving elves. It's a great gift, folks. Great gift. I need a new sweater. What I'm going to do now is go through a timeline of where the Easy Bake Oven went, starting from the 60s all the way up to almost modern day. So here we go. And to credit the source, this is from nationaleasybakeovenday.com, which, yes, we will get to that. Ah. So, 1963, the Easy Bake Oven was released to mass acclaim and mass demand. In 1967, Kenner was acquired by General Mills. It was a great partnership. As you might know, General Mills is the owner of Betty Crocker. So, after being acquired by General Mills... They released a whole collection of Betty Crocker mixes that you could make, like little mini versions of Betty Crocker kind of baked goods. And they also even released a Betty Crocker branded version of the Easy Bake Oven. Damn. They also started doing savory foods. They had a little popcorn popper add-on that you could put into the Easy Bake. So they were pretty much from the beginning after a few years dabbling in savory stuff as well like these things that looked like miniature tv dinners that kids could put in that had these like tiny portions of actual like more dinner style things than just sweets in the 1970s they released the super easy bake which was a single light bulb version of the easy bake that was able to achieve the same level of cook as well as something called the warm bake oven because kenner was like well we really can't market this thing that actually gets super hot to young children. So let's make what we call the warm bake oven, which was using just hot water to cook the things. And so that would be considered safe for younger kids. And they also started to change with the times. They changed with the times and they released the next version of the Easy Bake called the Mini Wave Oven. And this looked like a microwave. So that way they could... Uh, kind of keep up with how people were cooking things nowadays. Now, it still had the same concept of you slide in through one side, let it cook, and then slide it out the other, but it was more the aesthetics on the outside that were changing to reflect the changing times and changing culture in the kitchen. There was a mini wave in the 1980s with two temperature options. Ooh. Hot and fucking hot. Yeah. And in the 1980s as well, notable toy company and truck maker Tonka oh. acquired Kenner from General Mills. So General Mills uh, sells off Kenner to Tonka, the new owner of Kenner. So they've got it for a few years. And that's when you get tractor flavored uh, cakes. Oh, yeah. Mud pies. Mud pies. Oh, th look at that. Boom. Mr. Quick today. 1990s. 
They have a new mini wave. And this one, I looked at the pictures. The new mini wave, which genuinely looks like a lunchbox, was meeting a microwave. <laughs> Good. That was what was uh, the newest version in the 1990s. And also, Tonka didn't hold on to Kenner for very long because in 91, notable toy company Hasbro purchased Kenner and they are actually still the owners of the Kenner brand. Mm. So that was in the 90s. But as mentioned before, the good word about the Easy Bake was still only being marketed to young girls and to mothers as being a sort of mother-daughter bonding experience. And I want to make sure, because I, I, when I was thinking about this and I was like, oh, well, that seems just so bad. I do think there's obviously something to be said for all the people who have wonderful memories who used this with their mother and that it really was a great bonding experience. And I think that's like a fantastic thing. And so I don't think it hopefully takes anything away from those experiences, but you really do get this overwhelming sense that this product was so gendered. When you watch the advertisements, it was just like only for girls and you would be ridiculous if you were a boy who wanted to use this, right? That it was just so clearly not being marketed to them. But you know what? In 2002, Hasbro and Kenner thought, you know, we can't make an easy bake oven because clearly boys wouldn't want that. You know what we're going to do? We're going to release the Queasy Bake Cookerator. And with that, they released a whole new set of mixes and a whole new set of commercials. Coming through. That's nasty. This is tasty. Mud and crud cakes baked them up fresh in my queasy baked cookerator. Now you're the chef. Mix her up, pop it in the cookerator. Ta-da! You can add mud, gravel, some worms. Good job. Did I mention? Turn your mouth green. <laughs> Queasy Bake looks gross, tastes great. Cookerator comes with two mixes. Other mixes sold separately. Light bulb not included. Assembly required. They still can't give the fucking light bulb to these kids after 30 fucking years? No light bulb for you. That's the Queasy Bake Cookerator, which, as you heard, it would come with mixes like mud and crud cakes or drip and drool dog bones. All right, 2003, the 40th anniversary of the Easy Bake Oven. Exciting. It's been around for that long. Now, to celebrate this anniversary... Hasbro and Kenner released a version of the Easy Bake that was revolutionary. Because guess what, Rob? It doesn't matter that you're not getting those light bulbs anymore because this new Easy Bake had a heating element mm. instead of a light bulb. Okay. So it was the very first version where you did not have to buy light bulbs because it included a heating element inside of the contraption. But more on this later, because that had to be an idea that it seemed great at the time, but may not have been the best idea. All right. I'm going to get us up to 2006. In 2006, the Easy Bake Oven was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame at the Strong National Museum of Play. And side note, Cabbage Patch Kids were inducted just this year in 2023. You can listen back to our uh, episode 16 of season one or the classic we just reposted about the Cabbage Patch Kids. So that's also pretty cool. That was also an inductee here. So that was 2006 for Kenner. They were on a high. They were just riding high. The Easy Bake Oven was doing great. Then comes 2007, and the Easy Bake Oven was in for the news for some less appetizing reasons. Now, 2007 was obviously a terrible year for a lot of reasons. There was the housing market crash and all sorts of crazy things going on in the U.S. apart from this. But for Hasbro and Kenner, it was a particularly bad year for a few reasons. I'm going to start with reason number one. In 2007, there was a bipartisan Energy Independence and Security Act. This was an agreement where it changed the lighting standards in the U.S. So let me read you a little quote of literally from a .gov website what happened because of this Ener Energy Independence and Security Act. 
the lighting standards, which phased in from 2012 to 2014, do not ban incandescent or any specific bulb type. They simply require bulbs to use about 25% less energy. Now, here's the problem with that. They weren't banning incandescent bulbs, but in order to get incandescent bulbs that would be hot enough to cook in the Easy Bake Oven, that would actually require the bulbs to be less efficient than this law would allow. Now, you might be thinking, okay, that's not a problem. They just introduced a version of this with a heating element. Here's the issue. A 2007 redesign of the Easy Bake Oven made it look more like a front-loading oven, kind of like you might see in, like, you know, old-style old apartments where it's got the burners, the range on top, and then a pull-down door, and you would slide things inside. The slot was perfectly sized for all their pans and all anything you might push in there to bake. It was also perfectly sized for young children's fingers and hands and was not designed in a way where hands could then be extracted very easily. When Hasbro realized what a problem they had, and they realized for a few reasons. One, they kept getting reports, and then they actually had a five-year-old girl who, while her hand was inside the oven, had it burned so badly she had to have a finger partially amputated. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Are the cookies okay, though? Well, you know what? That's a great question. I think they might have been a little toasty, but if you like a little black on the bottom of your cookies, you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, listen, I got to say this. Her cookies are really good. You just got to eat around the bones. But the cookies are really good. So in order to address this clear design flaw, Hasbro and Kenner said, we're not going to do a recall. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give everyone a free retrofit kit. What was this retrofit kit? It was a plastic grill that went over the slot for the Easy Bake Oven, which was just an open slot before. And they said, boom, there you go. No fingers can fit through this plastic grill. There was a problem. That grill was just a lift flap that you could then lift up and reach into. Smart. So not going through this one more time, Hasbro kind of recalled all of those Easy Bake Ovens of that style in 2007. It was uh, obviously a huge PR disaster for Kenner and the brand. Eventually things cooled down and they were able to kind of earn back the public's trust. But as part of the way of doing that, they had to stop releasing these Easy Bake Ovens that had a heating element and go back to releasing ones with light bulbs. These fucking light bulbs. Oh yeah, they were back to the light bulbs. And so they had them on this timeline where they were in a time crunch. This Energy Independence and Security Act was gonna start coming due in 2012. So they had to fix these issues by 2012, which they did. They got things fixed. They released a version of the Easy Bake Oven. Thank God. They did not have the same design. They did not have the same sort of issues. And... Life went on, but it was a bad mark in the in the ledgers of Hasbro and Kenner to have this huge PR disaster. So that was 2007. Skip forward a few years. In 2011, Time did name the Easy Bake Oven one of the hundredth greatest toys of all time. Another thing to uh, add to the list of accomplishments of this this little toy that could. But we're still running into this issue of marketing to girls versus boys. Now, there were those Queasy Bake Oven kits mentioned earlier, but there were lots of young kids who thought that they would also love to use an Easy Bake Oven, and they weren't girls. Enter 13-year-old McKenna Pope. She had a younger brother. He loved to cook, and he wanted an Easy Bake Oven, but he didn't want one that looked like only girls would use it. All of Kenner's versions up to this point clearly marketed towards girls, and all the ads at this point were so, so obviously meant to be for girls. Here's uh, an ad from just 2011. The year before McKenna Pope's 
advocacy started for a gender-neutral version. Let's bake with a new Easy Bake Ultimate Oven! New Easy Bake, yeah, it's the one for you. Cakes and cookies, bacon with friends. Make more, bake more. It's Easy Bake. Oh, new Easy Bake. Cupcakes, pizzas, pretzels, so yum. Make more, bake more, yeah. Ultimate oven comes with three mixes. Refill kits each sold separately. Adult supervision required. Let's bake! McKenna Pope and her younger brother were seeing these kind of ads in 2011 for the Ultimate Easy Bake Oven, the latest version of their oven, which coincidentally is now still the design they're going with today. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate. How can you get better, right? And what McKenna Pope did is she said, you know what? I have to help change it. She started a change.org petition online. Here's a quote from that petition. We soon found it quite appalling that boys are not featured in packaging or promotional materials for easy-bake ovens. This toy my brothers always dreamed about. And the oven comes in gender-specific hues, purple and pink. And then later on she says, quote, I want my brother to know that it's not wrong for him to want to be a chef and that it's okay to go against what society believes to be appropriate. McKenna Pope's like the Greta Thunberg of toys. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Who also loves cookies, by the way. Oh, I love cookies. She's the big cookie heart. She would just bake hers in the sun, though. She couldn't have hers be used by any sort of electric. Oh, yeah. Now, the Change.org petition signed by more than 40,000 supporters, and then it's covered by news outlets across the country. So Hasbro starts to take notice. And in 2012, Hasbro takes McKenna and her younger brother into their headquarters in Rhode Island and reveals the latest version of their ultimate Easy Bake Oven, Easy Bake Oven Ultimate, that is in silver and black with blue highlights. Sleek. Yeah, right? So there you know, it's gotta be at least gender neutral, if not specifically marketed to boys. So they met that demand. Now, I do have to say, I've looked at recent ads and recent like pamphlets for the Easy Bake. I think I saw one picture where a boy was also in the advertisement. So mm. I think that even as much as Hasbro was like meeting the current demand, and I, obviously I think that it's great that they made some response. It doesn't seem like there's been a huge shift in the marketing strategy for this, which maybe that's borne out by research, right? Maybe they still found that the majority of them are getting purchased by girls and for that reason, but just something that I figured I'd mention that I don't know if this was a long-term play for Hasbro more than just getting the public's approval. So that version of the Easy Bake Ultimate was released in 2013, and their design since 2013, that Easy Bake Oven Ultimate, really has remained unchanged. They've had some like little aesthetic additions, like they had sprinkles added on to the front of one of them, like cookie sprinkles. Mm. So with all that being done, let's take a breather. We're going to eat some mud and crud cakes, and then after the break, we'll talk about where the Easy Bake continues to show up in pop culture and its legacy overall in the toy market. We really have, you have, do we have mud and crud cakes? No, we don't have the cake, Ray. This was a thing, this was a thing. And, and now, this is a thing. sketch. Hey, did you hear about that kid Johnny in Miss Torque's class? He already got it for his birthday? An easy bake oven. Yeah, and he asked for it. Oh my God, that's so girly. I can't believe you would want something like that. Yeah, all I wanted for my birthday was new Nerf guns, two bricks I can throw at people, and an action figure of the cowboy from the village people. That is awesome, dude. Yes, yeah, seriously, that guy is the coolest. Have you seen his bandana? Johnny even brought in these tiny brownies, apparently, he made and, and gave them all the Miss Torx's class. Are you serious? No way. I know. Honestly, what is the world coming to? Hey, come here, bring it in. Like Coach told us. Well, not the other thing Coach told us, but, you know, the camaraderie thing. 
You know what we should do, embarrass Johnny? We should take his Easy Bake Oven and just prove that it's just so lame. <laughs> and, you know, what we should do is just bake some of the stupid recipes and, you know, just try them ourselves, you know? Oh, my God, that's awesome. Yes! How does that show it's lame? You know, if we tell everyone how awful and girly it was and how stupid the oven is to bake in and, and how bad it is with the stuff we made, Johnny, you know, Johnny will never be able to live this down. Johnny said he even got mixes for stuff like... Like chocolate caramel snickerdoodles, marshmallow stuffed whoopie pies. Oh my god. Oh my god, those sound incredible. And I'll be honest, I want to see if I can make a quiche in it. I just think I want to see if the, the bulbs can get hot enough. So what do you say, Tuesday? Are you down for Tuesday? It's the day my grandpa picks me up from school, so he'll probably fall asleep anyway when we get home, so it's not like he'll even know. Yeah, Tuesday's good for me. My schedule's clear. I'll move brick throwing to Wednesday. Perfect. Johnny's never gonna even know what hit him. Oh, make sure you bring your own aprons. I don't have enough to put or give around, okay? I only know where my mom's is and the matching one that I wear with my mom from time in the kitchen. Thank you. This was a sketch. All right, so what is the Easy Bake Oven doing now? Well, in 2021, Walmart released an exclusive version with their own version of the baking tray, right? Oh, boy. So they've got a Walmart exclusive. That's pretty much where you can buy the Easy Bake Oven nowadays. Um, The price has gone up over time. When they changed that Easy Bake Ultimate, it raised the price actually from $29.99 to $49.99. So now we're talking a slightly pricier Easy Bake Oven. Although with inflation, obviously that original still costs more than what this one costs nowadays, which is interesting. The Easy Bake also shows up in cameos all over the place. So there's times when the Easy Bake shows up in commercials. Easy Bake also showed up in episodes from shows like Friends and Seinfeld. It's gone on talk shows. There was an episode of Kelly Clarkson's talk show where she spent an episode trying to cook with an Easy Bake oven and doesn't doesn't go very well for her. There's the Dr. Phil episode where he tries to get Easy Bake to stop having so much sugar. That was a beautiful one. And there was a stage play in 2000 at the Toronto Fringe Festival called She Never Bought Me an Easy Bake Oven. Uh-oh. I couldn't find the playwright. I tried to find a copy of the script, the playwright. I could not find anything. Arthur Miller. <laughs> it was Arthur Miller's last work, unfinished. Last but not least, in 2017, Mr. Todd Coupe himself, yes, the- The man The owner and purveyor of Lightbulb Baking YouTube channel, he established National Easy Bake Oven Day on November 4th. And that started in 2017 to mark its anniversary. And this year was the 60th anniversary of the Easy Bake Oven. Been around for 60 years. Five dozen. That's the Easy Bake Oven, you guys. What do you think? I had no idea it had such a like complex history. And I'm surprised that it's it was still even... I assumed incorrectly that it was probably done like being an item like in the late 80s, early 90s. I had no idea that it was going all the way up until about, you know... A few years ago. That to me was very surprising. And technically, I mean, they are still selling it at Walmart. So they still have a version on sale. Hopefully some young chefs, young cooks, young bakers are being uh, influenced and had the chance to explore the world of baking in a hopefully finger safe environment. You can get an easy bake oven on Amazon right now. Ooh, that'd be a nice Christmas present. Are you getting it for me for Christmas? Yeah. I'm curious. Did you guys have any toys? Because I think what one thing that stood out to me when I was looking through this is that there were a lot of stories from pretty like famous cooks nowadays who said that this was a big influence on them. And I was like, I think that there is something about like the toys that we use early on, the things that like inspire us like that. I don't know. Do you guys have any things that were like physical toys or things that you played with when you were younger that impacted or influenced things that you ended up doing when you were older? Oh, yeah. 
I used to play with like um, Playmobil. They used to have uh, ver- various uh, like houses or like interior locations of things, and I used to like set them up. And I realized that it was like the beginnings of, of directing. Oh yeah, because I could actually like put you know furniture in specific placements, and I could put people in specific placements. And I just graduated from little plastic people to very large plastic people. Ray, how about you, man? Was there any toys for you that were influential for you when you were growing up, and that? kind of you see as being kind of having a connection to things you do nowadays? Um, well, I mean, I guess I would say a blanket when I cover myself up with a blanket. So it'd just be a dark uh, abyss. Mm. I like to think I like to have my office with all the windows closed and no lights on. So I feel like a blanket would just be the closest thing to being the influence of what I am nowadays. You're like Linus. Ray, Ray, is, a, Ray is never like he's a child. He's all like he's got all the wonderful toys still. He hasn't lost that spirit. I, I, I've been in a state of arrested development for a long time here, folks. That's a beautiful thing. No, not really. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. So listeners, if you guys have experience with the Easy Bake Oven that you remember fondly or you've got toys like we were just talking about that impacted you when you were growing up, you know, you can always send us a note. This was a thing pod at gmail.com, I believe. It'll be in the description. With all that fun, I think it's time for us to uh, to play a little game. <gasps> I'm ready. Let me get my game shoes on. This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz. When we were getting this episode ready, this is some behind-the-curtain description of what goes on in the show. I actually had to tell Robin Ray I wasn't quite ready because I was waiting for a special delivery. And what that special delivery was, I showed you guys earlier. It was this book, Easy Bake Oven Gourmet by Mr. David Hoffman. First off, it has a little history about the Easy Bake Oven that I was able to use. But it also has a huge collection of recipes. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a game called... Let's get baked. The way this is going to work is I have written down several of the recipes from this Easy Bake Oven Gourmet cookbook. And then what I did is I went on ChatGPT and I asked ChatGPT to generate gourmet recipes for the Easy Bake Oven. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give each of you guys six recipes each. One of the recipes I say, or one of the titles that I will say is going to be a real recipe from this Easy Bake Oven Gourmet cookbook. And one of them is a chat GPT generated recipe that is not an actual gourmet recipe, but which may very well work well in Easy Bake Oven. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Rob goes first. Oh shit, okay. All right, Rob, here we go. The first two recipes, PB&J stuffed shortbread rounds and rainbow unicorn dream cookies. Which one of them is fake? So you have to tell me which one you think is real. Uh, one more time. PB&J stuffed shortbread rounds and rainbow unicorn dream cookies. The PB&J. That is correct. Yeah. That is the real one. Here's the next one. Double-decker gingerbread cake with lemon sauce or mango passion fruit macaron towers. The towers are real. Unfortunately, that was a GPT-generated recipe. Oh. Amy Sherber came up with the double-decker gingerbread cake with lemon sauce. Next one. Raspberry champagne eclairs or bourbon chocolate birthday cake. The eclair... No, the the birthday cake is real. The birthday cake is real. That is correct. Yeah. All right. Two for Rob. Two for Rob. Raspberry champagne eclairs, though, do sound interesting. Right. Baked chicken breast with cherry tomatoes and capers or prosciutto-wrapped asparagus bundles. The, The chicken is real. That is correct. Mark Bittman. Yes, baked chicken breast. Again, though, prosciutto-wrapped asparagus sounds awesome. Right? They sound, it sounds really good, yeah. I know, it does sound really good. All right, Rob, this is your fifth one. So far, we got three. 
Next one, truffle-infused mini quiches or deep dish truffle lobster pie. I think the truffle-infused is real. The truffle-infused quiches? Yeah. I'm sorry, it was the deep dish truffle lobster pie. Deep dish truffle lobster pie. That sounds gross though. You gotta have an easy bake lobster pie, but. Rob, last one for you. Pomegranate glazed lamb lollipops or roasted quail breast with wild mushrooms and palm anna. I feel like the the second the, no the first the uh, the lamb lollipops are real. The lamb lollipops. I am sorry. It is the roasted quail breast with wild mushrooms and palm anna. Which I'll be honest, I don't quite know what that is. I think it's an apple, maybe a sauce or something like that. Mm. Call it applesauce. All right, Rob. That was pretty good though. You got three out of six. Three out of six. That's, that's a half. That's half. All right, Ray. I'm ready. Here's the first pair for you. Pear streusel coffee cake or lemon lavender madeleines? I'm going to say the coffee cake's real. That is correct. One for Ray. All right, next one. Cranberry pistachio financiers or warm kumquat and date sticky toffee pudding? I'm going to go the financiers. Sorry about that, man. It is the Uh, warm kumquat and date sticky toffee pudding. Love a good uh, sticky, sticky cum pudding. Kumquat. Raspberry basil sorbet profiteroles or almond raspberry cake with white chocolate and cream cheese frosting. I'm gonna go with the second one, the cream cheese frosting. That is correct. All right, we got two for Ray, two for Ray. Great British easy baker. Next one, jalapeno corn cakes or smoked Gouda and caramelized onion tartlets. I'm going jalapeno corn cakes and I'm gonna guess that's a Bobby Flay uh, uh, because he has the Southwest flair to his cooking. Cause I was even gonna ask what Bobby Flay's uh, recipe was because I, I wanted to see if there's a southwest flair to it mm. hit me interesting you are correct it is the jalapeno corn cakes but it was cindy paulson uh, who made that recipe not bobby flay we'll go back to bobby flakes i want to know what he puts in there is he at three he's at three he's at three so you guys have the chance to, he has two more so you can either if you guess the next two wrong you're tied or Ray can take it home. Ray, you could take it home. Here we go. I, uh, Rob, I live in my mini kitchen. You know that. All right, here we go. Is it s'mores supernova bars or old-fashioned strawberry shortcake? We're going supernova bars, baby. I'm sorry. It is the old-fashioned strawberry wow. shortcake that was the real recipe. Fucking nostalgia's in, I guess. So three for Ray. Last one. Ray, which of these is real? Chilaquiles with roasted tomato salsa? or spicy pineapple empanadas. Chilaquiles, Bobby Flay. It is the chilaquiles, although it was Rick Bayless who made that Ah. recipe, not Bobby Flay. But inspired by Bobby Flay. That was a close one, you guys. That was four Ray, three Rob. I'm a chef. So well done, you guys. You have a pretty good sense of artificial intelligence generated recipes there. Now you have to make all these recipes, so. Uh, next time we meet, I, w- I expect a large delivery of baked goods in my uh, in my mailbox. I already got the quiles on the burner. Look, before we go, what's what's is Bobby? Look up Bobby Flay's. Uh, uh, I just want to see what what Southwest Flair he has. Bobby Flay's recipe was queso fundido oh. with roasted poblano vigorette. Yep. Oh, he loves a poblano. That's the thing. Anytime I've ever seen Bobby Flay on Food Network, it's always like, well, I got this one chili out, and I'm gonna cut it out. You want to get the seeds out, and it's like you you were asked to make Salisbury steak. So again, listeners. If you have some Easy Bake Oven recipes that you particularly love, whether they are gourmet recipes or not, send them our way. You can go send us an email at thiswasathingpod at gmail.com. You can uh, also just, 
you know, if you feel like it, submit a review. You know, that always makes us feel happy and warm and toasty. And it's the holiday season. So happy, warm and toasty are are all those adjectives we want. And also, speaking of toasty, keep your hand out of the oven so your hand does not get toasty. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Too late, Ray. Too late. All right, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Rob and Ray, happy holidays. Enjoy your holiday time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Daniel. Happy holidays, Ray. Until next time. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut Cut Schwartzberg. Our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese. Our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford. Our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing Too Graphic DeSavia. And finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And if you really like what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 